0: Hello friends, this is Don Patzer, your host for Bushball. This episode focuses on the otherworldly figures of the Miners. And we'll look into the demise of small-town baseball as MLB begins sending out invites to their affiliates, leaving many towns without a team. And of course, our team of the day, which we better enjoy it while we can, because we, we don't know, might be on the cut list. Sit back, pop a cold one, enjoy another episode of Bushball. Today's Legends of the Miners focuses on a man they called the Rocket from Roswell. The Joe Bauman story is unusual, it's mythical, and quite frankly, it's out of this world. The legend of Joe Bauman was born in a small Class C minor league town of Roswell, New Mexico. That's right, I said Class C. Class C divisions existed between 1946 and 1963 when the structure of the minors included the current structure, um, which we talked about in the last episode, and three additional levels of B, C, and D, with D being the lowest. Anyway, the heroics of 1954 are forever overshadowed by what happened in this dusty outpost in 1947. Some say it was a top-secret government test. Others say it was just a weather balloon. But could it have been something else? We've all seen the footage and the pictures. We imagine some poor E.T. suspended in some huge glass tank and something that looks like Area 51. Who knows? Maybe we'll never know. But I think it was something different. It's almost worth dedicating your life, attending law school and making all the right connections, finally running for political office with the hope of becoming President of the United States, just to do the one thing that I know, I know is on every president since 1947's bucket list. So mine would go something like this if i ever made it to the highest office in the land so i need a complete briefing on the uh aliens in roswell new mexico five minutes ago yes the roswell rockets will always play second fiddle to that july night 1947. but what can't be denied is that the summer of 1954 joe bauman's play for the roswell rockets was legendary so in the summer of 1954 Bauman won the minor league triple crown. Um, He led the league in runs, walks for Roswell. And also in 138 games, he had 199 hits and just 498 at-bats. That's 400 average, people. It's pretty good. I don't care if you're playing in AAA or D-League. 400 is 400. He also drove in an astonishing 228 runs and walked 150 times. He hit 35 doubles, 3 triples and 72 home runs, the latter a professional baseball record that stood until Barry Bonds topped it in 2001. The previous record had been 69, and Bauman hit 13 home runs in the last 14 games to break that mark. He also became the first professional player to hit 50, that's home runs that is, in three straight seasons. That summer, the ball looked this big, he later said, circling an area the size of a ripe grapefruit with his hands. Roswell was a small town, and Bauman was the biggest local attraction since the 1947 crash and suspected alien landing. After each home run, fans pushed dollar bills through the fence, and the game had to be stopped for a few minutes just to collect all the money. Sadly for Bauman, he could not duplicate his 1954 season in 1955, hitting just a meager 46 home runs with a batting average of 336 which I think any player who hit 46 home runs and batted 336 would say that was the high mark of their career. Unfortunately for Joe Bauman, the summer of 54 would uh, overshadow all those seasons and all those stats. The following season, he played in just 52 games and hit 17 home runs. He retired in 1956 at the age of 34. For his professional baseball career, Bauman's statistics were as follows. He played about 1,000 games. Scored about 1,000 runs, had 1,166 hits, and 337 home runs, and 1,057 runs batted in. He had 974 walks, and a career batting average of 337. Not too shabby. So, why was Joe so successful? Even Bauman never had a clear answer. He said he always practices swaying often in his room while traveling on the road. Regardless of the why, his record earned no major league calls, although San Francisco, the Pacific Coast League, did contact him, but Bauman liked Roswell and agreed to the same salary for 1955. He hit 46 home runs that year, as we said earlier, and batted 336. A year later, Bauman was ready to retire. Bauman often says he was content with his career and his earnings. He said he made more money than many major leaguers from his career uh, from his contracts and all the cash that was pressed through the fences by the fans. Leo Banks wrote a Sports Illustrated article uh, after interviewing Bauman, and Bauman had this to say. Looking back, I made several mistakes, especially spending three years of my prime in semi-pro ball, which might have kept me from ever stepping to the plate in the big leagues. He regrets not pushing himself to see if he could play in the majors, he said, I still have that question in my mind. Could I have done it or not? Regardless of the what ifs, Bauman impressed everyone around him. Newspaper writers often called him the gentleman for soccer, which is my favorite nickname for Bauman. And this was due to his reputation for kindness. One former teammate remembers when a player hit a home run, a local meat packer gave him a ham. And Joe was decimating New Mexico's hog population that year, I'm sure. But he didn't keep most of the meat, he gave it to other players, often young Cubans whose salaries made it tough to keep food on the table. After baseball, Joe operated a service station tire business and joined his father-in-law in a retail liquor store in Hobbs, New Mexico. He later became sales manager for a beer distributor, retiring from that job in 1985 all while continuing to live in Roswell. When asked about that 1954 season, the gentleman first sacker replied, the memory of the summer of 54 is sweet. There's a sense of pride in it. It was just the minor leagues, but 72 home runs was never done before. Hell, it's a record. It's something. There were certainly strange things in the air in the summer of 1954. Many think it might have been the flight of just another Joe Bauman home run. Joe Bauman was a legend of the minor leagues. It was very interesting learning his story, and I hope you enjoyed it. We now move on to our second segment, the small-town predicament. Um, small-town minor league towns across the Rust Belt and Appalachia are bracing for what could mean the end of professional baseball in their community. With restructuring of the minor league system, MLB, as we talked about last time, is asking for a reduction of 40 teams throughout the system. As a matter of fact, um, we have breaking news that just this morning, MLB has inked a deal that would restructure affiliates from the current 160 teams to 120. There's those 40 teams. That's giving each team four affiliates in the minors. MLB um, is in the process of sending out these invitations to affiliates and uh, the ones that they wish to retain. The people in all those small towns add up. Attendance at minor league baseball games was 41.5 million in 2019. That was up 2.6% from the year before, compared to 68.5 million fans for major league teams. Um, in 2020, the attendance for minor leagues was zero due to the COVID 19 um, canceling of the season. I think that Major League Baseball has to be aware. 41.5 million fans in minor league baseball is nothing to just thumb your nose at. And I think that they could be alienating a lot of fans um, with this new deal. Closing down a lot of these historic and longtime minor league communities could, could backfire on MLB. In a time when they're trying to bring fans to the game, it just seemed to be making moves that pushed them away. In the new worldview, resting Appalachian ballpark might be charming, but to a big league exec, it might be an impediment to, you know, Johnny Prospect eating organic tuna steak while getting a shiatsu massage and studying computer analysis of his bat. In his letter, um, the deputy commissioner, Halem, wrote, that MLB has identified more than 40 minor league stadiums that do not possess adequate training facilities, medical facilities, locker rooms, etc. Invitations are going out as we speak, and all I can think of is uh, rest in peace to so many of our minor league affiliates that uh, appear to be going away. I'd like to take a moment and share those teams. In Double A, it looks like the Chattanooga Lookouts. The- Erie Seawolves and the Jackson Generals will be going away. High Class A will be the Lancaster Jet Hawks, Daytona Tort- Tortugas. I always get that one wrong. The Florida Fire Frogs and the Frederick Keys. In low Class A, say goodbye to the Beloit Snappers, the Burlington Bees, the Clinton Lumber Kings, the Lexington Legends, and the Hagerstown Suns, as well as the West Virginia Power. Short season teams that will be leaving us will be the Auburn Doubledays, the Batavia Muckdogs, the Connecticut Tigers, the Lowell Spinners, Mahoning Valley Scrapers, the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes, the State College Spikes, the Staten Island Yankees, the Tri-City Dust Devils, the Vermont Lake Monsters, and the Williamsport Crosscutters. In rookie ball, taking the biggest hit, and going away next season will be the Billings Mustangs, the Bluefield Blue Jays, the Bristol Pirates, the Burlington Royals, the Danville Braves, Elizabethton Twins, the Grand Junction Rockies, the Great Falls Voyagers, the Greenville Reds, the Idaho, the Idaho Falls Chuckers, the Johnson City Cardinals, Kingsport Mets, the Missoula Osprey, the Ogden Raptors, the Orem Owls, and the Princeton Rays. And finally, the Rocky Mountain Vibes. So they're going to be disappearing. We hope you rest in peace. Thank you for all your years of entertainment um, that you brought to your communities. And hopefully someday we can bring you back into the fold somehow, some way. Okay. We are now in the segment where I share probably the main reason I wanted to start talking about the minor league system. It's the fantastic team names that are out there around this country so our team of the week are the Binghamton rumble ponies they were founded in 1987 they're out of Binghamton New York and they were current they were the double-a affiliate of the New York Mets Um, again their existence is kind of dicey at this point with the MLB um, agreement coming out and they were on the list to be cut Um, remains to be seen maybe there's hope for the rumble ponies Um, They were previously affiliated with the Seattle Mariners from 1989 to 1990 and the Cleveland Indians in 87-88. So they've been an affiliate with the Mets since 1991. Um, They had league titles in 1992, 94, and 2014. Some of their previous names, they were the Binghamton Mets, they were the Williamsport Bills um, from 1987 to 1991. Um, The Rumble Ponies, it's a great name. I don't know exactly what a Rumble Pony is, but I imagine that uh, it has something to do with uh, the area, apparently is the carousel capital of the world. So I think a Rumble Pony might pay homage to that carousel identity. And uh, we just uh, wish the Rumble Ponies all the best and another great team out there in minor league baseball. Have a good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, if you did, please subscribe. Leave any kind of reviews. We are always appreciative. Have a good night.